Welcome to On the Bench. This is Brennan Sinone. I'm joined today by Josh Newberg, and we're going to have a very, 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 very special guest uh, coming up after the break. Coach Mike Norvell will be on the bench to talk about Florida State's uh, early Let's signing period hall. Yeah, this is we're, we woke up. We're recording this very early in the morning. We talked to Coach Norvell very early in the morning. Uh, sleep deprived, but he was great. So I'm excited for it, Josh. Uh, did that did that perk you up a little bit this morning after your long day yesterday? Yeah, man. Um, first time talking to Coach Norvell, so it was great. He was great. I can't believe um, just the man. Just looking back on the the week that was leading up to signing day and and all the craziness. Um, I thought I thought Florida State had a great day yesterday. Kicked it off with a letter of intent sent in by cornerback Demory Tate which I thought was fitting seeing as he's the highest ranked player on FSU's commit list. He was the first one in the boat. Um, they also added a pair of, uh, quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of on signing day. (laughs) Florida state signed two quarterbacks on signing day. Amazing. So, um, can't wait wait, to talk to coach Norvell about that. Can you hear that Josh? Mm, That's a sound of of buzzers of clippers coming for your hair. Mm, Quarterbacks are, Quarterbacks are signed. Is that what you want? Yeah. Yeah. I think we can donate your hair to charity at this point. We can start a GoFundMe page or like a, like a Patreon account for people to get parts of your locks. People will probably pay for it too. (laughs) All right. But before we get to coach Norvell and we got him for about 15 minutes, he was really good talking about big picture stuff for recruiting uh, and also some really interesting tidbits on, uh, on what he plans to do in the second half of the recruiting cycle coming up here. Uh, Before we do that, Josh, I think we should probably do a, a like rapid rundown of what Florida state did. Uh, on on the uh, national signing day or on the early signing period, part sure. one of national signing day. I think this was all things given uh, the circumstances of the truncated window. I, I agree with you. You said this was a good day for Florida State. I agree. Now, right now, Florida State's class is 21st nationally. Obviously, Florida State needs to be in the top 10 to be contending for for national championships. But uh, with the context of what we you know had to work with, Impressive. Let's start off with the quarterbacks. Chubba Purdy from Arizona, obviously the big news of the day, but you also secure Tate Rotomaker from uh, from South Georgia, Valdosta. Yep. Dude, how big is that to get two quarterbacks after FSU went two classes previously without a, without a high school quarterback? The man had a plan, Brendan. He came in and he executed it. Um, obviously, he had a relationship with these guys prior to arriving at Florida State, but it 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 takes a lot. You know, and he was able to convince these kids, not only these kids, but also their families to trust in in Mike Norvell and the program in such a short amount of time. I think it really stabilizes the room. Um, It might not be um, in completion. We're going to ask Mike Norvell about that. See what see what he has to say. But, you know, I think this is a a huge step in the right direction. Um, I I never really understood just signing one quarterback, even if it was going to be just Jeff Sims. I always thought they needed two high school arms in this class. Mike Norvell agreed and uh, got it done. Impressive. It is. And Chubba Purdy specifically, you know, he's committed to Louisville for what, like about six months yeah. to be able in that short period of you know, that short time uh, frame, you know, four days or so to go ahead, get him to go across the country on the official visit. I mean, the flight gets delayed, man. They're, they're racing to the airport to get him out on time for the official visit because they had to get so much done in a short period of time to go ahead and get that huge. And, and coach Norvell will talk about that recruiting process as well. And the work coach Kenny Dillingham did to help 
helps secure mm-hmm. both quarterbacks. Uh, let's move on to running back real quick. Lawrence Tofilly, FSU only gets one running back. Got a feeling there's going to be a couple more uh, on the docket for FSU Definitely. down the road. Uh, but but you know Lawrence's game very well, Josh. Just real quick, uh, how do you think he's going to fit in this system? Seems like a like a really nice nice complimentary piece for for what Nervell wants to do. Definitely. I've been watching LT since he was a sophomore, um, a speed back primarily as, as he began his career, but he's worked more into becoming a, uh, I'm not going to say a power back, but he definitely has learned to run behind his pads, um, run between the tackles more often. And I think he's going to come in and be able to do it all, man. I really do. He is a special talent, um, and a great kid. I can't wait to see everybody get to know Lawrence Toffoli a little bit better. Are you are you calling me man because you don't want to say Brandon instead of Brendan and it's early? Yeah, sometimes I I, I call you Brandon. Yeah, that's all right. You're not the only one. <laughs> Going to wide receiver, really big day uh, at, at another position that had to be loaded up on numbers. FSU again goes with numbers and gets some quality guys. Brian Robinson, Jakai Douglas, and uh, Kentron Potier. Is it Potier? Potier? I think. Poit- po- yeah, sure. Potier. <laughs> but uh, there's one hanging out there still. Yeah. Well, let's well real quick because that deserves a minute by itself, uh, and you have the 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 juice on that. But Brian Robinson, obviously someone that that was big. That was a the ring ring that was out from late July uh, and that never got answered. It finally was answered, I guess. That was the guy who we had had thought committed a long time ago. You got him, and uh, you knew what you had in Jakai Douglas, uh, mm-hmm. and then and then Podier is a guy who uh, who Florida wanted, so you're able to to win that battle and stay. Apparently, I think that's significant too, Josh. Uh, Ron Dugans, let's give him a round of applause, right for for what yeah, he did big there. Time. Mm-hmm. Big time. And, right. and the, these were relationships that went back really to his time at Miami. Um, he had, he had started building me. So especially with Brian Robinson, but yeah, let's, let's talk about Mal- Malachi Wyman. Cause that's what everybody's still wondering about. Um, I put up a report yesterday evening around 7 PM after speaking with a couple sources close to Malachi Wyman, he was playing in a basketball game last night. But I was able to learn that there's been some hesitation. I don't know what really changed. I don't know if it's one thing because on Sunday he made it clear to us that he was going to sign on Wednesday. Um, His family was around. I remember doing the interview with Malachi and his mom was listening in and she was shaking her head yes to every answer. Like, you know, she was going along with everything he was saying and it all sounded so great. And um, including whether he was going to sign, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was right there. And Malachi even looked at her and was like, Cause they were kind of in a rush and um, he looked at her and said like, do I have time? And she goes, Oh yeah, yeah. You have, you have time if you want to talk. And you know, so she was, she, everybody seemed like they were on board, but this is recruiting and things change. And I was told uh, last night that Oregon and Auburn had his ear. And I was like, you know, is this something that just happened? I asked this person, I said, it's just, and you know, he did make an unofficial visit to Auburn. I want to say in like early October. So it's it been a while. season. And it was an unofficial. He hasn't taken official visits to anywhere except for Washington State and FSU. So I was told that Auburn and Oregon were kind of maybe not the reason for the for the hesitation, but they were two of the programs that have his ear right now, including Florida State. So all that being said, I'm told that there's going to be a discussion today um, with his people, with the Florida State staff. I wasn't told that it's going to get resolved. But I do believe that there's a chance and the, the, the window for him to sign in the early period is Wednesday to Friday. Um, he has until the end of the day on Friday before that window closes. 
And once that window closes, he cannot sign again until April, uh, April, February 5th, which is the which is the regular signing day. So if we don't get word in the next 48 hours, then it looks like he will be signing in February. But stay tuned. Which is concerning, obviously, if it goes into to February and you have oh. to keep that recruiting process open, yeah. especially since you did the official already in, in Auburn, Oregon, haven't, right? Right. And I don't expect Auburn and Oregon to be the only two teams right. involved here if Malachi Weidman takes this to February. I don't have a list in front of me, but I'm willing to bet Malachi Weidman is going to be you know, one of the top three, top five most coveted wideouts in January only because a majority of the top wide receivers are already off the board. So if it does carry into February, I expect more than just FSU, Auburn, and Oregon to be involved in this recruitment. I'm going to put you on the spot real quick. Uh, what percentage chance do you think there is that he signs with Florida State oh through Friday? Yep, putting you on the spot. Oh, boy. And so people uh, can hold you to it and get mad at you when you're right or, or when you're yeah, wrong, yeah, inevitably. This, well, I would say I would say about a 60% chance. So right now, I think cooler heads prevail. I think he gets signed. Maybe this is – didn't Akeem Dent do this last year? Didn't Akeem Dent sign a little bit later than, than we was, had thought? Yes, he did, but was it within the signing period – like didn't he have the didn't he have it already signed and I, I don't remember it was yeah weird. it was something I, weird I thought like it went into January but but I could be wrong on that didn't he enroll early he did he did enroll early he was on campus and he was there in the spring so yeah well regardless Malachi Weidman will not be enrolling early that that has been <laughs> the status since the beginning because he intends to play spring basketball at his high school so even if he does sign in the in the coming days it'll just lock in his recruitment it doesn't mean he's going to enroll early. Okay, let's let's go on to some of the other positions here. Uh, tight end Carter Boatwright, uh, Chris Knee's favorite favorite player ever, right? Makes Chris happy. Proud proud moment for Chris to see Carter Boatwright's uh, signature come through. I think he cried a little bit when it happened. Just just tears of joy. Offensive line, you get Thomas Schrader, you get Zane Herring, Lloyd Willis. We're expecting to uh, to drop his uh, his national letter tent in in the hour. Yeah, the probably while we're recording this. Uh, and if that doesn't happen, obviously we'll we'll update you guys later in some form or fashion. But I, I'm assuming Josh, there'll probably be this will probably be a position that they continue to look at, especially at offensive tackle. I think they know they need yeah. they need bodies there, right? They they need talent there. Um, I think they have <laughs> bodies body. there. They need talent. They need talent that can come in and play right away. I think the focus for January is going to be finding some JUCOs or some transfers that can come in and provide immediate relief to that offensive line. All right, let's go to the other side of the ball on defense. Uh, I don't have my class pulled up right in front of me, but Josh Griffiths on defensive line. We talked to Adam Fuller, the defensive coordinator yesterday. Mm-hmm. They know they needed uh, they needed edge rushers. Oh, Chris Knee's calling me right now. It's like his ears were burning. Uh, they needed edge rushers. They go ahead and get Josh Griffiths uh, to flip from Louisville. I think that's yeah. you know, significant. He's not a great edge rusher, but he's he's feisty. He is. Uh, he He's hustles. got a great motor. He has a great motor. All the cliche terms you use for for uh, for white players typically, right? But but he is all those things. He does hustle. Like I put out a clip of him just cr- like wreaking havoc on an interception where he he is going up against Venice. So Thomas Trader's there, and Thomas Trader's trying to block him on the way back from that interception. And Trader ends up getting frustrated and and trying to like karate chop him, and then and then uh, Griffiths comes in and, and basically tackles Malachi Weidman, who's trying to make a tackle downfield. <laughs> And then as soon as he gets up, uh, he, he finds the defender who had picked off the ball and and like picks him up and tries to carry him another 10 yards downfield. So 
a position of need, a guy who I think is going to really elevate practice and and has the ability to contribute in a meaningful capacity in a couple of years. Uh, Manny Rogers at mm-hmm. defensive tackle. What are your thoughts on Manny? I think I think Florida State needs him at defensive tackle. I know everybody wants to move him to offensive tackle so much, but um, tell me where the production is going to come from on the defensive line, and and I think that's the major problem. And we talked to Manny when he left on Sunday, and Manny basically said. Um, I'm staying at defensive tackle. And if anybody wants me on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to have to fight Odell for me. So, you know, I don't think moving him to offensive tackle really solves any of FSU's issues because there's going to be a glaring hole there with Marvin gone. And you're going to have to develop some guys because there isn't a Marvin Wilson on the roster, meaning there isn't a number one player at his position coming in and going to just take over and, and fill that, fill that need. So, FSU's got to start developing some of these guys at the defensive tackle position, and they've also got to recruit on their own on offense. Um, but Manny Rogers is a big get. I think holding on to him and keeping that recruitment quiet. I mean, big, big athletic bodies in the state of Florida, hard to come by. And usually, you know, um, there's a lot of competition for them. So getting Manny on board was great. And also, can we talk about the transfer that came in? After oh, I think yes. that was just as important as signing day. Jarrett Jackson from from Louisville, and he's someone that you uh, you got in contact with. What when did he visit? Was it October or so? He visited in October, early October, I believe it was uh, October second. And he originally said he told me after the trip he really enjoyed it. It looked like he was going to go there. He told me he wasn't really considering any other teams, and that he was going to make a decision in a month or so. Obviously, a month or so, you know things weren't going so well at Florida state. Willie Taggart eventually gets fired, but Jarrett Jackson's still in the mix and his, um, his recruitment comes to an end. Now, Jarrett Jackson sat out last year. A lot of people are going to ask this, so let's just get it out of the way. Jarrett Jackson redshirted this past season and will now have three years to play three. So he'll be able to participate in spring and be fully eligible for the fall season. And he will likely be a defensive tackle in the scheme. They're going back to a more traditional four-man front, kind of like what we saw in year one under Harlan. Uh, so it'll be more more that realm rather than the the hybrid uh, defense that they were doing this past season. Uh, so he'll be inside there. Yeah, you need you need bodies. You need to be capable guys right now because you're likely going to mo- lose Marvin Wilson to the draft. I think is everyone's assumption. Corey Durden, we'll see. Uh, what his future holds, uh, you know, what you have in Robert Cooper. But then after that, it starts getting a little dicey and you're relying on, on young guys that are more or less unproven yeah. to really step up. So need, need numbers there. That's good at linebacker. They get two Steven Dix jr. From, from Dr. Phillips high school. My opinion, the second, the second best linebacker to ever come out of Dr. Phillips, maybe number one, two, two tackles, half a sack in my career. Uh, and Jayon McCluster from Largo. I like both of those guys, Josh. I, I think, uh, I think the staff, it thinks, that Dix is going to be more the plug and play guy of the group that he's physically ready to go. He looks the part. Uh, so I think they're kind of relying on him right away. Whereas McCluster, uh, they think more developmental into being, yeah. uh, growing into being an inside linebacker. Yeah. And I think Dix comes in and plays inside linebacker. I think, um, giant McCluster, he played like a hybrid position in high school. He played a lot of safety. They, they like to put him back there because he can run and, um, they put him in the box, but, I think on the next level, he's either an outside backer or inside. Eventually um, Dix had said that he played inside backer his entire career at, at Dr. Phillips. 
but he's more than open to learning the outside backer position, thinks he can handle it, and just wants to help FSU in any way possible. Oh, DP. All right, the defensive backs, you get two of them, arguably two of the best uh, in the class. Well, DeMar mm-hmm. is the best guy in the class. You mentioned him at when we got into this, Josh. Georgia, Alabama, there are other schools that wanted him. He is a true blue-chip player. Not a ton of those like bonafide, can't-miss type of guys in this class right now. To get him locked up, Odell does great work for that. Uh, and then Jadarius Green-McKnight's the other. He's more of a hybrid, kind of does a little bit of everything. Uh, which will probably be good for this this uh, defensive scheme that Adam Fuller wants to run because he, he's going to be relying on versatility in the back end of the defense. So I like both of those guys. Yeah, they got two good ones. Demory Tate obviously stands out as Florida State's highest ranked commitment in the class right now after after they suffered a couple decommitments after the firing of Willie Taggart. Um, Jadarius McKnight was the very first prospect committed to the 2020 class. So it's good to see that come full circle. You don't usually see guys that commit two plus years out end up signing with that program, but Jadarius did just that. He loves his Knowles and, um, he was another guy that was going to hold out till February until that official visit. So he had every intention to sign in, in February, but Mike Norvell and the staff talked him out of it, which is going to help them in January so they don't have to um, spend so much time recruiting a kid that's been committed for two and a half years. What kind of analysis do you want to do on Australian punter Alex Mastromano? Tell me about him. <laughs> I don't know. He's Australian and he's a punter. He I mean, yeah. <laughs> we, we'll have Bob Ferranti for, on for a full hour. <laughs> just a, just a special. We should. Right. I think that would be fantastic. No, but I think it was a, a good use of a scholarship. They are putting him out in scholarship, right? Yes, they are. That was his first commitment. We knew nothing about it. Kept it under the radar. Yeah, no, it was great. Um, I think that they need a punter. Um, they have a walk-on currently that's been kind of inconsistent up and down at times. But you know what? It's not a bad thing to have a punter on on uh, scholarship. And that doesn't come as a surprise as Mike Norvell nearly welled up during his press conference when he was talking about the importance of special teams. So he loves, but again, was, we should get Bob on to do a special teams uh, episode. I was, I wonder if Bob cried during Mike Norvell's intro press conference when he started talking about special teams with such a passion, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me that FSU put a punter on scholarship. They have plenty of space in this class and they need one. So it made, it made sense. Bob didn't cry. He was like post-coital, man. Like he was just like he had a cigarette going and just was like, ah, yeah, special teams, my man. All right. One other thing I want to get to before we get into the uh, the Coach Norvell interview is uh, the addition of Chris Thompson onto the staff. Mm-hmm. I should have mentioned it back when we were talking about the offensive line, but uh, he's someone who is coming over from TCU. He's been a pretty successful offensive line coach there. You go to their message board. Uh, you see people are upset that he's leaving there. He's thought of pretty highly for what he's done developmentally and as a recruiter. Uh, but we don't know, Josh, is he going to coach offensive line at Florida State? I, I think we're expecting real quick a, uh, an announcement will. today, but we'll yeah, know, have more clarity. He, I, I was told, we've repeated this on Knowles 24-7 for weeks now, but if it wasn't Ryan Silverfield, I was being told it was going to be Chris Thompson. Um, he was reached out to two days after Mike Norvell was hired. I remember speaking to somebody that knows him very well. And when the offer came, it was almost like he just, you know, he just couldn't believe it. Like it was like, what, you know, he's, he's, he's been coaching for a long time, never been at Florida state, never been in, in Florida. Um, I think it was kind of like a no brainer for him 
but these things that we had been saying on the message board, you just got to be patient. And sometimes these deals just don't happen as fast as you want them to. And we had said um, it would be early signing day or bowl. It looks like as soon as the early signing day was over, they were prepared to make this move. Um, I'm a little bummed because when he was identified, the person that told me, hey, look at Chris Thompson, he's been in touch with the FSU staff. He also has one hell of a JUCO prospect committed to him in Brandon Coleman. I checked this morning. Brandon oh, yep. Coleman signed with TCU yesterday. So <laughs> that was, and Brandon Coleman is probably one of these JUCO guys that would be able to come in and play right away. I think he's a top five at his position. So, but yes, he did sign with TCU, but that does show FSU fans. Chris Thompson knows where to go to find a great Juco tackle. He'll do it for you in the future. And he also had a uh, blanket on the name, but he had a top 100 player. Who's an offensive tackle committed to him. Uh, right. Also goes to TCU. Something to be said uh, for, uh, for coach Norvell and probably why he's respected in the, in the coaching community. None of his new guys on the staff poached anyone. I mean, you had to wait until after national signing day, uh, dad, Chris Thompson, you know, Kenny Dillingham doesn't go ahead and, and raid Auburn of its class. Uh, they didn't bring anyone over from Norvell or Norvell, Norvell didn't bring anyone with Adam Fuller over from Memphis. you know, on the defensive yeah. side of the commitment. So uh, just yeah. noteworthy. Yeah. They didn't bring anybody over yet. <laughs> well, I, but a lot of those guys, the ink is dry on a lot of those, uh, I don't mean just recruits, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll oh. tackle all that. There could, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll have more coaching updates. Uh, hopefully throughout the weekend, we put I up think something. Have some transfers following them too. Oh, well, you know, yeah, you need need some bodies, man. They're going to probably have a full class, and and we're probably saying at least twenty five scholarships available right now. Uh, well, how many guys do they have on on the board right now? Uh, seventeen signees. So yeah, yeah, and then you factor in Malachi Weidman, so seventeen, eighteen. So they're they're going to be in position to where they could take eight to ten more. Um, mm-hmm. foreseeable, you know, that that's probably in the range. Now, the problem is finding eight to 10 guys in January that are worthy of playing at Florida state. Well, we saw that last year with Willie Taggart, it was kind of a struggle to find those guys. They, they didn't end up signing as many as they technically could have. So we'll see. I, I fully expect Florida state to make some additions, um, whether it be Juco prep or transfer. I think January will be a busy time. And Coach Norvell said yesterday regarding you know the scholarship distribution, uh, they aren't going to take guys just to take them, uh, just to fill numbers. Now I, I think there's positions of need, and uh, and he'll get into that on our uh, on our interview with him or in our interview with him in a little bit. But uh, but don't look for them just to max out their scholarships, just to max it out. This is a long term play that Mike Norvell is making at Florida State, so he doesn't want to allocate those to guys who may not be able to help him. So, but it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, throughout January because there, there are still positions of need and there's still scholarships to use. So uh, what else we got before we go over to coach Norvell, anything, Josh, I think that's everything. No coach Norvell's blowing my phone up. He wants to come on the show. Can we, <laughs> All right. can we just let him on? Yeah, I'll shut up He's and begging uh, we're, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're going to put him on hold for a couple minutes. How about right. that? Fine. And then, I'll and have. then he'll be back on the bench. 
Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to On the Bench. We've got Coach Mike Norvell with us here. Coach, welcome. Uh, I, I want to ask you, it's been a whirlwind of uh, of about 10 or 11 days for you since you've uh, been announced as Florida State's head coach. I guess what has this first two weeks on the job been like? And uh, fans are going to want to know, I guess, where you go from here after a pretty successful early signing period. Well, I mean, it's been great, you know, from the, from the first step, from the first day that I set foot here in Tallahassee, uh, you know, the, the reception, the excitement, the, the buzz around the, the city and the program has, has been incredible. And, you know, obviously we hit the ground running, you know, you uh, were able to, to get into a lot of high schools. Uh, you'll see a lot of young men, um, you continue to share the vision and, uh, you know, kind of just open up, open my heart to, to a lot of these, uh, your recruits and their families about, uh, you know, where we are, but uh, more importantly, where we, where we believe we're going to go. And, uh, that's been, uh, it's been a really enjoyable experience, you know, kind of capped off yesterday with, uh, with the early signing day, you know, being able to, uh, you know, uh, you have the addition of a couple of key uh, key young men, and just uh, you know, I think it was 17 members of uh, of the new Noel family, and so it was a great day. And uh, you know, you're definitely looking forward to continuing. Uh, we got a couple more days here in the early signing period uh, where we could have an addition here or there. Uh, but uh, you know, and then you know, obviously getting to know. Um, you this current roster and I'm, I'm meeting with every player on the team this week uh you know seniors uh, you know, all the way to the to freshmen uh just to get a better sense of them and uh you know then identifying positions that we want to to be able to fill there uh, in the february signing day as well oh when you were first announced as fsu's head coach uh you used the word iconic or the phrase iconic brand and talking about florida state and i guess i wonder what what that's been like having you know the fsu logo on the polo on the recruiting trail, uh, what that's been like for you. And has there been a, a moment at all in which it's been kind of like, Oh man, this, this brand is really opening up some literally opening up doors for us. Was there like a, like aha moment so far? Yeah. Every, every moment has been an aha moment. It's uh, it's been just, uh, it's been special. It's been a, you know, incredible experience, you know, going into the high schools, um, you know, being, being, you know, going around the state of Florida and just to, you know, truly truly seeing and feeling um the passion that uh, that our fan base that our alumni have for our program 
um, it's, you know, to see the look of these uh, young men uh, and, and their faces when I walk through the door, they know what we represent. They know and understand the tradition that's come before them. They understand the expectations that we have in front of us. And so um, that's that's what makes it special. And uh, I knew that coming in, uh, the same reason why you know, a 13-year-old boy in, uh, in Dallas, Texas, you know, had to, you know, was a fan of this program. It's because of, uh, you know, who have come before me. And, uh, you know, obviously I don't take that lightly with the responsibility of, uh, of what I represent as well. Hey coach, this is Josh. I cover recruiting at Knowles 24 seven and Chubba Purdy wasn't even on my radar for the entire cycle. So how did you sell a quarterback and his family basically on a program in four days? Well, it sounds like we're gonna have to expand your radar here this next year. So, uh, <laughs> um, no, Get me out to the West. Chubba, I think, I, I think, uh, I think Chubb is one of the, uh, the the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, he mm-hmm. was a young man that you know I've uh, had identified as, you know, as that for a long time. You know, my my situation, uh, you know, there at uh, at uh, University of Memphis was was a little different dynamic. Uh, but you know, I still always always respected you know his game and and what he did and how he did it. Um, you know, you look at him and Tate. You know, those guys are are, are exceptional as as, uh, as of what they've accomplished throughout their high school careers. But you know, we wanted to, we wanted to to be able to address what we felt was a need. Um, you know, in this in this recruiting recruiting class and um, you know being able to to get in contact with Chava to talk to him about the, those things I mentioned earlier. Um, you know, about the vision of where we want to go and and the type of young men. That we want to, to do this with, um, you know, it, it was it was just a mutual excitement, a mutual interest, and uh, once we got him here, getting a chance to, to to spend that time with him and his family, uh, you know, painting the picture of what the what the future can hold, um, you know, it was it was just uh, you know, it was a, it was a special situation, and so uh, you know, I'm honored that they uh, they chose to to come be a part of our program, and uh, you're definitely looking forward to him and Tate, uh, you know, and and really the the future of our quarterback position. Uh, because those are two extraordinary, uh, you know, players and, you know, more importantly, extraordinary young men. Yeah. You took a major step in addressing the needs at quarterback signing two out of high school, but do you think you're done? Do you, do you feel like you still need a grad transfer to come in and maybe bridge the gap? You know, being able to to get the two young men that we we signed yesterday, uh, I'm not I'm not going to look for a, for a grad transfer. Uh, I I I believe in the young men that we have on on our campus right now. Uh, you know, I think that there's uh, there's a, a an excitement for what we're going to do, and uh, you know, there's a lot of work that's going to go into it here this spring. And uh, you know, I'm excited to be able to work with those guys. But uh, you know, I'm not I'm not looking to to add uh, you know a, a transfer or a or a grad or a graduate. Uh, uh, you into the program at the quarterback position i believe uh, i believe we're the right men uh, that we're going to develop and we're going to push to to be able to to achieve uh, your success here this next year coach just just given how excited you are about both tate and chubba can you walk us through the moment for each one when you realize you had a commitment first i guess tate in that order and then and then chubba i guess what was going through your mind and, and how did they inform you that they were going to be Knowles? Well, it was it was definitely you know a unique week, and you know there's you know with the time with the time crunch and uh, you know obviously the interest that those guys had uh, from other schools, you know you know Chubbo being being committed to uh, to a, to another school within our conference for around nine months, and then Tate, you know there were so many schools. I think he had four schools trying to set him up 
for the last weekend. And so uh, he had another visit that was scheduled. Uh, you know, we, we were able to, to offer him there earlier in the week. Um, we we kind of worked it out to get him, uh, you know, as, as a midweek visit uh, just so he could get here uh, with myself and uh, Coach Dillingham to, to talk about uh, uh, not only the university, but the, the offense and how he would be, how he would be, uh, um, you know, developed and, and utilized within it. And, you know, towards the end, towards the end of the visit, uh, you know, I had my last meeting with him and it was sitting around the, sitting around the table. And he told me, you know, coach, I've, I've, I've come to a conclusion that, that I want to be a Florida state Seminole. And he called and canceled the, the next visit. And, uh, you know, there was an unbelievable celebration. Uh, it was, it was exciting uh, for everybody involved. And uh, you know, I'm glad that, uh, that he was able to make that choice. Uh, Cause it, it was, it was definitely special not only for him, but for his family. And, and then Chubba, that was, that was one that came down to the end. Uh, it was kind of, it was back and forth. You know, obviously you have the emotions of, of having to tell somebody that, uh, that you know, um, if he has your strong relationships with, that uh, you know that he's found a uh, the best fit and uh, the right thing for him and his and his family. You know that's 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 uh, that's tough for an 18 year old. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, you know, going back and forth, that was the, the number one thing that I told him is. Then follow your heart. You know he's earned the opportunity to make a choice of of where he wants to go and what he feels is best. And um, you know Tuesday night, uh, Tuesday night we had a great conversation, and uh, um, you know it was just a it was a, a special special feeling when you saw that young man uh, put on that Florida State jacket mm. and you know, his family. Uh, you know everybody everybody in Garnet and Gold. Uh, yeah, that's something I'll never forget. Uh, you mentioned Coach Dillingham a, a couple times in, in the role that he's played as a recruiter. W- when did Kenny pop up onto your radar? And I, I mean, he was probably what in his early twenties by the time he kind of connected he with you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's kind of a funny story. You know, I was a uh, I was a young offensive coordinator out at uh, at, at Arizona State. And um, you know, Coach Dillingham was uh, was an offensive coordinator, an extremely young offensive coordinator at Chaparral High School, which is one of the top top high schools in, in Scottsdale. And uh, you know, he came out to a, he came out to our practice, and uh, he was kind of following following us around, uh, you know, watching the quarterbacks and what we were doing. He came up to me afterwards and uh, introduced himself and told me that uh, you know, he'd love the, the opportunity to, to be around the program and to to, to study ball and if, and if if I was open to that. So I told him I told him that we met, that we met at six o'clock in the morning and if he wanted to if he wanted to do that he always had he would have uh, open access and little did I know that every day from that point forward at six o'clock in the morning he would be there. But uh, you know, it showed it showed his uh, you know his commitment to learning to 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 you know his his personal growth and uh, you know his passion for the game and you know we built a relationship over the over the years uh, when I had an opportunity to hire him I, I I took full advantage and you know we've been together uh, you know, up until this last season you know throughout the journey and uh, you know he's a great coach you know an incredible person developer of uh, of men and that's I think that's one of his best qualities is the relationships that he has um, you know couple with uh, with a great football knowledge. I, I assumed it was important to have both both Kenny and Coach Adam Fuller, both the coordinators, in place for this past official visit weekend. Uh, but in your opinion, like how how important was it to have those guys to be able to help sell the vision and 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 for the guys who were you were recruiting to know who their coordinators were going to be? I imagine it was important. 
Oh, and there's no question about it. It was uh, it was essential to, to the success we were able to have yesterday. And uh, you know, uh, with the early signing day, the, the the amount of pressure that's on these young men to to, to make a decision. Uh, there's uh, there's so many questions that that they had, and uh, um, you know, to to have the leaders on on each side of the ball here in place, um, you know, a, a an understanding of of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. Um, you know, you know, it, obviously not all the position uh, you know spots were. Are, were, were filled, but uh, when you can look at the leaders and understand the direction and the expectation, uh, you you definitely puts a, a lot of those uh, you know you know questions at uh, at bay. Coach, um, the summer recruiting events have been a staple at Florida State. We've seen summer camps in Tallahassee with more talent in attendance than you get at the Nike opening. Um, do you have a plan on how you and your staff plan to utilize the summer months? Oh, absolutely, and that's that's something that uh, you know, uh, you know, even in this last week, that was on the in, in the back of my mind. You know, our focus this week was just trying to do everything we could to for uh, for signing day and ma- make sure we're maximizing uh, that time. But uh, you know, we're going to be very strategic in in our uh, in our camp in our camp uh, uh, schedule this summer, making sure that uh, you know, we're able to get the best and the brightest here to uh, to, to you know not only to showcase their skills in, in a camp setting, but also to mm-hmm. to see all the great things that are going on here. Florida State, so uh, that's gonna that's gonna play a, a pivotal role in our in our summer and, and what we're doing, and definitely looking forward to it. Okay, interesting. Um, what does your ideal support staff look like? What positions? How many people would you want to fill, and um, where are you at with all that? Uh, you know, that's something that uh, you know definitely have a plan for, and uh, you know to get into numbers and, and overall organization. Um, yeah, that's something that's going to continue to to, to uh, evolve, and uh, as we progress here in the next next couple of weeks, uh, I can tell you that the interest that that I have, you know, even you know the 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 on the field coaches is one thing, but the the off the field uh, uh, support is is another. I mean, it is uh, my phone has not stopped ringing uh, <laughs> you know, since I received the job, and uh, you know, there's a lot of excitement about. Uh, uh, you know, the direction of the program and where we're going to go and people that want to be a part of it. Uh, but, you know, for, for me, it all comes down to, to how, how it fits, to, how it all fits together and, you know, making sure that uh, you know, everything's focused on the student athlete and their development on the field and off the field and making sure, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a extremely organized person. I, I try to be structured in everything that, uh, that mm-hmm. we do. So uh, that, that's going to be, that's going to carry over into the support staff and, and making sure that everybody has a responsibility in the job that's going to benefit our student athletes and promote the, the the great brand of Florida State football. No, you got a meeting here at the top of the hour, so we got a couple more minutes with uh, with Coach Norvell. You've utilized JUCO recruiting in the past. Um, do you think it would apply at FSU as well? I mean, if, you know, really to me, it's, you know, I'm going to explore every avenue, uh, whether it's high school, junior college, uh, transfer, the guys are in a transfer portal. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's all about finding the right fit. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's, a, there's, you know, every, every young man has his own story. There's, there's guys that are they're in the junior college ranks, you know, due to, um, you know, just a little bit slower develop, uh, you're developing academic success. And, um, but, but I'm looking for guys that no matter what their story is, that if, if they are the right fit for Florida state and, and they want to be a part of, of, of a family atmosphere and, and understand the, the responsibility and expectations that we have within our program and they're willing to embrace those, um, you know, the, 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 the path that has been traveled to get to this point does not really matter to me. And, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to go out and try to attract the best student athletes that we can. And, uh, and, you know, I'm, I'm excited to be able to, uh, to, to see, um, you know, wherever they come from, uh, you know, those guys put themselves in a position for great success. Yeah. 
yesterday was a really exciting day. Um, early signing period is new and fun, but there's still about a month left in recruiting until the February signing day. So what do you identify as your biggest recruiting needs moving forward? You know, I think the running back position is one that we're going to mm-hmm. really focus on. Um, you know, being able to get Lawrence yesterday, I thought that was a, a home run. Yeah, there was some, there was a lot of talk when I got the job. He was going to wait till February, um, but you know, like I told him, uh, what an incredible opportunity to 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 talk to market him and uh, you know the brand of what's coming i mean he is a special player he is a uh, you know all around back i mean he's a you know, one of the best players in in the, in the high school ranks this year and we're excited yeah. to have him as a seminole officially uh, but then you know just with what we do offensively you know i've, I've I've usually had anywhere from six to seven backs on scholarship within our team, um, you know, at, at any given moment, because, you know, majority of the time we're going to have two backs on the field at, uh, you know, at once. And uh, when you look at the success of the running back position, you know, throughout my coaching career, at, whether it was Arizona state or, or even at Memphis, these last couple of years, uh, this is, this is a, a very attractive situation to come into. And uh, you know, we're looking forward to, to bring in the right young men you'll hear, uh, you know, to be a part of it. We're looking forward to it as well, Coach. Um, we know you got a meeting coming up, so appreciate you sitting down with us and have a great day. I appreciate you guys and go Knowles. Thanks, Coach.